Hi everyone, Matt here. This episode is a bit different. For our 50th episode, the four of us got together and recorded it as a video. However, in the export, we lost about an hour of the footage, so what you're going to hear is the audio only. We'll put up some images that might help clarify some of the things we're talking about. This was an experiment, a lot like this podcast as a whole, and we want to thank you for being with us on this ride. That being said, on with the show. But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. So here we are. Welcome to Toshi Station Radio. This is what we all look like. Indeed. We are normally selling power converters, but we found a milkshake break. Milkshake break. Milkshake break. It's about a time. Welcome to episode fifty. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm Greg Smith. And uh, there's been some news. We're going to cover things that have come out as early as today as we're recording this. We had a bunch of news drop. We've had... <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> no, Don't look it up. It's the fine. internet's reacted totally maturely in all this. Uh, we've had some recent tournaments that we've been to. And we're going to answer some questions from you, the listeners, that you proposed to us. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Who traveled the furthest for a tournament recently? Didn't leave. Ed, lives Ed, farther away from where we currently are. <laughs> He's traveled for this podcast. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. Uh, I just went to Manhattan, but you went all the way down to Arkansas. Yeah, I went to Arkansas like a nutso. Uh, I drove nine hours in a weekend each way. Uh, but it was a great time. It was uh, the Wolf Squadron's NEA, uh, what was the NEA um, convention? It was a charity convention. It was a really good time. And uh, hosted by Wolf Squadron. Um, there were 22 people. Yeah, all this all this ridiculous amount of swag. This is only like half of it. Uh, they gave out um, to pretty much everyone. Yeah, um, enter and get a free epic ship almost, it yeah. seemed like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. for third place I got a squid ship, which is pretty nuts. Uh, so spoilers, I came in third. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made top four. Is that a spoiler? Um, I mean, spoilers to what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good time. I flew Han Dash, which is really degenerate, and I will never force that upon anybody again, uh, especially because of the announcement today, which we'll get into later. But, um, but what are you going to force on them in the meantime, uh, We'll get to that when we talk about Alderaan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, who'd you go down with? Oh, um, a lot of the St. Louis crew, the uh, Arch Alliance and the Scrubcast, uh, specifically with my dad uh, and Matt Carey uh, rode down with us, and then... Seven, of, six of us got an Airbnb, uh, and or I'm sorry, eight of us got an Airbnb. Six of which made the cut, and then there was a seventh person that made the cut that everybody also knew. So, uh, out of a topic cut, so it was a it was a very friendly cut. Um, yeah, it was a really good time, and I would yeah. definitely recommend next year anybody to go to the NEA Game Fest. Do it because it's it's well, a blast. To, yeah, that does seem to be something to plan for. You know, you, you mentioned that it's almost like any time the four of us all go to a tournament, two of us are guaranteed to make the cut. Yeah. Pretty much because... Uh, well, what's our record on that? Like, one for one, I think. Oh, well, no, because uh, we've done pretty good. Uh, let's see, Warfare. We all made Day 2 of Warfare. That's true. We all made Day 2 of Warfare. Mm-hmm. Kansas City in general just wrecked Warfare. Yeah. There were 16 of us that went, something like that. And, and uh, 13 think, of us made Day 2? Yeah, it was, it was a crazy number. Which, to be fair, there were three and threes that made Day 2. Yeah, point. it was... The cut None was bigger us, than it needed to be. Yeah. But, yeah. None of us made three and three. Yeah, yeah. Well, while you were down in Arkansas, I went down to Manhattan, Kansas, to Village Geek down there and played in a fun little tournament. We had nine players. Just a uh, kind of fun, casual hyperspace tournament. I brought... Oh, gosh, what did I bring? Oh, right. I brought... Uh, 
uh, Leia in the Falcon with Shattering Shot, uh, Ahsoka with Concussion Missiles and Extreme Maneuvers, and Luke. That feels still like a really degenerate list. In hyperspace, Extreme Maneuvers Ahsoka really feels like Supernatural Kylo. You can just... I don't know how many times I would move right into my opponent's firing arc, and then I will barrel roll and spend a force to boost and have a perfect flank shot on you. Uh... I got to play against uh, Ryan Williams, my eternal nemesis and listener of this podcast. Uh, we matched up, and we are now 3-3 three and three again, so we, uh, I got my uh, win back from House Carl, which was a fun time. But again, they always put on a real good event down there. It's a great store, so if you're in the Manhattan, Kansas area, absolutely uh, give the Village Geek a stop by and uh, tell them Tashi Station sent you. Yeah, second House Carl. It's, it's, it's a great store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of them uh, out that way in uh, the central slash western Kansas. It's a good store as well. It does. McPherson's a a little far away from frequent trips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really good time. Yeah. But uh, upcoming locally, we don't have any uh, big events coming up. We are in the middle of our current league that we're running. Um, Uh, Yeah, I don't think we have anything locally coming up. I think mid November there's another like game cafe just Friday night. Yeah, Friday night game cafe, which are free Um, now. Mm hmm. There's the December game in St. Louis. That's yeah, right. Yeah. My birthday. Yeah. Oh, hey, so the uh, Alex Middle Memorial Cup. Memorial. <laughs> I'll only be 31. I'm not that old. <laughs> also, 31 is so much worse than 30. Doug and I were talking about it. 30 is 30. 31 is in, in your, your 30s. 30s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's when you know it's over. You're but see, we were talking about this <laughs> also, that when you're, when you're 30 or any multiple of 10 there it's it's a special thing and then from like 31 to 33 you can say i'm in my early 30s but then like 34 to 37 you've got to say i'm in my mid 30s and once you creep past that it's like i'm in my late 30s Uh, yeah knock on the floor of 40 Uh, and by the time you're in your 40s you might as well be 50 and by the time you're 50 might as well be dead Me and the rest uh, of the seniors division are going to get you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is our last bit of youth we're clinging to. Yeah. It's all the people slightly older than us. Yeah, you guys are old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have, what, six months on you? Yeah. Fair. And he's holding on to the six months oh, time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never let go. Don't worry. Wait until... See, here's the thing. You know, Archer, the boy, is what? Almost three now? Almost three. Almost three. Three into something. Yeah. Off, and then uh, Lillian's coming up on six months? Coming up on eight or nine months. Okay. Wow. Okay. So uh, I joke is an illusion for the record. Yeah. Uh, our friend uh, Ricky White, uh, late of the Scum and Villainy podcast, also has two kids Very about nice. the same age. And uh, yeah, that's a great example of how having two kids can age you super fast. Mm-hmm. Just hasn't caught up with Greg here yet. It's because Greg is the immortal face of youth. <laughs> the mustache of youth. I was gonna say you should see me without a mustache, and I look really young. Yeah. Oh gosh, it was. Was it right before you deployed, or right before you, right when you came back, that you were clean shaven, and no one had any idea who you were? I did it right after I came back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted pictures with the boy with the mustache, so I could show him when he was older. And then uh, I shaved it because I got yelled at. And then um, that guy retired. So <laughs> <laughs> back it comes. I haven't trimmed this puppy in like a month. Yeah. <laughs> Well, with that uh, new stuff, we did put a call out for some of our listeners to send us questions through the Google form. And uh, the first one that came in to us was from uh, Alex Pavlov, uh, moderator of the Fly Better group. He had Holder a busy job today. Oh, yes, he did. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that, uh, 
Alex has asked, uh, in all of our X-Wing adventures, have we noticed any regional playstyles or similar? And that's kind of interesting, because I remember back in first edition, we had the running joke that Kansas City was the anti-meta. We to would, be fair, I think most, uh, most local places, places think they're the anti-meta. Yeah. Um, but I actually do remember, specifically in first edition, uh, Omaha. That's, uh, mm-hmm. Omaha was super big on double large base scumships. Like that was like they had four or five that, guys that would like their top players constantly. Yeah, regularly day two at Worlds type players that mm-hmm. would always bring like uh, Dengar Boba, Dengar yeah. Boss, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, um, I noticed that Dengars, Dengars. Oklahoma had uh, so when Ghost Fen was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all went to one in Oklahoma and yeah. they were like everywhere yeah. and so oh, then yeah. people prepped for it and then when we went to Omaha there was like no. they were like no. yeah. yeah and so that that's that was actually exactly what I thought about when I saw the place uh, I can think of a specific time in second edition where Kansas City defined a meta uh, in Omaha <laughs> 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 there were well it was like a 27 person regional 27 uh, person six Kansas trial. City people yeah. and five ran the same list yeah, yeah. Um, we, was five yeah. terrible people who was the uh, Jake. Person. Jake was our one who uh, ran and Imperial Aces and finished I first. I feel like Mike also didn't. Right, uh, yeah. So there were seven I think it was yeah, six of eight or something yeah, like that. Six yeah. Two yeah. of them were wholesome. Uh, yeah, two of them were wholesome and the rest of us all ran the identical well, yeah, Imperial Aces are so yeah. wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we told the story on the podcast, but the Wednesday before, everybody was kind of like, man, I don't know what to take this hyperspace trial. Because it was announced pretty shortly in advance. Mm-hmm. Like There wasn't a, a ton of uh, head time. And I had brought uh, Rack and Vader, Advanced Vader, because this is before Defender Vader was out, um, and it was right when Rack was added to hyperspace. Yeah, it was, the, the um, just it was literally the day after Rack was added Yeah, and it was right when Passive Sensors had come out, and so I tried this Passive Sensors Vader, and then like I loaded up Rack with like Seven Sister and... Uh, Grand Inquisitor, Inquisitor. Dauntless Title, uh, Proton Bomb. Proton Bombs. It was, it was a very fast Rack, slots, yeah. Yes. Uh, it was a 128-point Rack. Yeah, because it, it was, was a 198-point uh, list. Yeah. And it was passive Sensors, Brilliant Evasion on Vader. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think I won two or three games at the local night that night. And everybody was like, man, that actually looks like a lot looked, of fun to play. It just looked really yeah. fun. Uh, and so then everybody just kind of silently agreed, okay, we're going to take that to the regional. And then showed up, and six out of eight of us had the same thing. And they messed up in Tabletop TO. They forgot to remove us as team members after the first round. Mm-hmm. So we permanently didn't play each other until the cut. And uh, so there were two, there were two guys that played, played four out of five rounds against yeah. Rack Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, so we the defined... same four people, and it, it was five out of seven of us because yeah. Doug was the only that's right yeah. person who played did. neither of the two who mm-hmm. played four. Yeah. Poor Pat. Uh, yeah. So uh, so we defined that meta. Uh, <laughs> I always thought that St. Louis. I have always in my head had in mind as the ace meta, mostly because uh, Mike Simon Biohazard out there always is running some Imperial aces or Suntier and friends. Yeah, that's not actually true, though. I know. It's, 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 they branch out a lot. Mm-hmm. On a, but on a surface level, it seems true. I, would have, I thought yeah. the same thing. I was like, then I dove deeper, and I was like... I would actually say that St. Louis is... St. Louis's meta is archetypes. Like, everybody has their archetype that they love and they mm-hmm. stick to. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of cross-pollination between archetypes. Yeah. Um, everybody has their, their list, I guess is the best way to put it. In um, 1.0, the Nova region, like the DC region, was very heavy into Rebel Jousting. Yeah. Um, Which so was, Paul Heber was from there. Paul and was there. And then, turns out he was a pretty good player, so I think people followed suit a lot. Which um, is reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that we knew, like, when we were traveling for Worlds or areas where we knew that, that Nova people would be, we knew at the time that we could expect a lot of Rebel Jousting lists. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, so it, it definitely happens. Um... I don't think it's as big as people ever make it out to be, like that one area is specifically defined by this. Ants. I think it's... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. 
So I think it's normally like the good players tend to gravitate towards something. So people think of that area as being known for yeah. that. And in a, um, in a COVID world, we haven't had any traveling for tournaments. Yeah, there. And very true. all we've played has been digitally and everyone's been playing together. So there's not been a regional to have a meta. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's actually been, ironically, really good for the game because we've seen lists spread faster mm-hmm. uh, than they did. I remember it would be back in 1.0 in those days, a list would win a regional here in the States, and then like three weeks later, you'd see a version of it pop up in Italy and just start Don't wrecking we, hosts. We knew Europe always slew like the most degenerate thing in the Yeah. <laughs> so we, like they, they stuck with Triple Jump Master for so long and then after Dengaroo Americans moved on. And for then so long yeah. after Americans moved on. Yep. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, I guess it was, I think it was a U.S. regional at the height of Miranda Nim, like before Trajectory Simulator got nerfed, so you could move with Nim and then Trajectory Simulator. Yes. I think there were like 10 out of six of a top 16 were Miranda Nim, and then it was 7 out of 8, yeah. and then 4 out of 4. Like, it was just something absolutely insane. Got ridiculous there. Um, so Which yeah. is not a slight against Europe. No. Fly stuff, you want to fly. Yeah. But we, you knew, like, Europeans tended to fly the, the top list in a meta. Mm-hmm. So, again, yeah, there are a couple local metas out there, but nothing really super strong that we'd uh, and notice. Who knows? Once we get back into everyone playing locally instead of saturating online, maybe we more distinct metas will develop over time again. Yeah, I think it definitely, it definitely happens. Yeah. Uh, also this week, AMG did release some updates to the rules reference guide, and uh, we're going to kind of go over those and intersperse some questions as well. Uh, one of the first things they did was actually uh, on the stream Wednesday... They explained how deficit scoring will work. It's exactly like we thought. At the end of the game, any points below 200 that you did not spend are given to your opponent. It's exactly what we thought it was. I think it's what they said in the initial stream. They mm-hmm. just actually put it in the rules reference. To... Well, they, No, they haven't put that in the rules reference. Oh, no. oh that's right. They discussed, they discussed it, they discussed it on yeah. stream okay. because they haven't updated the tournament rules yet, and we'll get into that when we talk about today's news. Yeah, which is also not an update to yeah. the tournament rules. Yeah. Right, not yet. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, to be fair, we probably won't get tournament rules until after the new year at the earliest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, th- I think they'll take their time making sure that they've got them how they want them. I know that's happening until Defcon, especially after how the internet reacted with today's stuff. I think uh, I think they'll probably wait a little longer before announcing things <laughs> to make sure they're confident with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But most of the updates they had were clarifications of things that were either left out or uh, need to be. For example, the electro chaff cloud, the weird spiky one from the electro chaff missiles had its own weird set of rules, but then they decided to just say, no, it counts as a device and an obstacle. Treat it as an obstacle when it obstructs things. And in doing so, that meant they redefined the entire paragraph for obstruction to explain how an obstructed shot works. This changed how gas clouds work. Very intentionally. They came out and said that was an an intentional decision. Yeah, as as of... uh, this update, gas clouds no longer convert a blank result to an evade. Any obstructed shot works the same, whether it's an electro chaff cloud, whether it's a rig cargo chute, debris cloud, asteroid, gas cloud, or a large base ship with tactical scrambler. Or an epic ship. Well, that was add more dice. Unless maybe they don't anymore. I don't play epic in two. Yeah, we have no so. idea how epic works here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. They used uh, to add three in 1.0 if you shot their epic ship. They added three green dice. Mm-hmm. So that's an uh, uh, odd thing. I don't think they do that. That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. But you still capped at six dice. What? <laughs> yeah. But to talk about the gas clouds, I am in favor of it because mm-hmm. gas clouds were too good. And that's pretty much why they said they did it. Yes. Yeah. Because gas clouds were the correct choice too often. Uh, I think my problem now is that there's not enough of a difference, particularly between gas clouds and debris. Like, they are both the, there's not really a consequence for going over this. 
but in my opinion, gas clouds are still just better at that than debris is. Like, there's no damage that you can. Yeah, take. there's I no mean, damage you can take. And it's a, only a strain. A strain is frequently worse than a stress, especially because since you went over the obstacle, you don't have an action. So, like, Jedi might prefer... Force users might prefer debris, debris because the strain is more meaningful when you have passive bonds. Uh, mm. Yeah, so the, the argument is that uh, a strain, when you don't have an action, isn't really that bad of an effect because you only take an increased, like, third of a damage. Okay. Because uh, a naked green die only has a, what, 38% chance of rolling taking, a bead? Yeah, you're still taking two-thirds uh, of the second damage the second time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so a, a stress effect sticks around. Uh, you have to clear it. Otherwise, you can't take actions. You can't do red maneuvers. Like, strain, a strain, you can run around with it for as long as you want. If, oh, if yeah. it's and more the minute you're shot, it goes away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I struggle to see a scenario where you're bringing debris the correct choice unless you're like... Canaan crew yeah. or uh, Corsala crew for Something resistance. That Something that, that says, hey, we're going to ignore this rule because stress mm -hmm. isn't meaningful for me. Yeah. Um, so I don't really like that, but I think this is still a step in the right direction. I would just like to see them do something to make a bigger difference between debris and gas lines. Makes sense. Uh, Mitch, our <coughs> long-haul trucker listener, asked us, how did you guys all meet? Well... I know. Well, you two met uh, before you even got into it. In 2009, yeah. in, in freshman year of college. Yeah. About 6,000 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're old. I was um, there, Gandalf. Um, that's, yeah, that's how we met. We became yeah. close friends our junior year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, actually, because I was best friends with Doug's roommate, and then I hung out there a lot, and then yeah. Bev and I were like, no. And then I was cooler than him. That's, so. he doesn't listen to this podcast. I was around so, yeah. more than him. <laughs> also, like, also true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he, he's not into X-Wing, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and so that X-Wing, I think, just uh, made us hang out even more. So, yeah, that's what moved uh, up to kids. <laughs> that is, I moved here for a minimum wage job, sir. Because <laughs> yeah. you guys moved out here in what? I moved in twenty in July of 2014, right after finishing college. Okay, and then you, April of 2015. 2015, yeah. and about a year later is when I started playing X-Wing and ran into you guys at our local store, The Geekery. Yeah. And... Uh, which was right by our apartment. Yeah, it was right by your apartment at the time. Yeah. And, and that's how uh, we had separate apartments still. Oh, and so I spent the better part of a year just every Monday losing to you two. I will never forget the first time I played against you. You were like, I'm a new player. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I expect you to pop down, like, you know, some rebel jousting list or something. And you dropped down two TIE Punishers and a TIE Fighter. And I was yeah. like, what new player picks the Punisher <laughs> as their first ship? <laughs> two of them. I was like, oh, okay. That should have been all the information will, we needed about that. Yeah, I will try to take it easy on you, but man, are first edition Punishers bad. Like, yeah. There is no there is no red line in first edition. Like, he <laughs> exists, he but he's even like, he's terrible. He, he was not yeah, The bad. Punisher was not a good ship. And, not even um, close. Yeah. yeah. So. But then uh, locally we had a uh, gaming pub opened up, uh, the Pond and Pint, that ran X-Wing on Tuesday nights, and Ricky and I ran the league there, and back in 2017, yeah, 2017, uh, we ran a Veterans Day tournament. Pretty close to exactly four years from it, yeah. probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was a Veterans Day tournament. Yeah, it was a Veterans Day tournament uh, four years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, we put it out there because there's a lot of vets in the Kansas City X-Wing community, so we, we said, hey... There might even be more vets than non-vets. Yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. So we said, uh, hey, if you're a vet, bring your DD-214, your ID card, and uh, you know, we'll waive the tournament fee. And uh, that's where Greg showed up. Uh, We've talked about this multiple times. Multiple times. I think yeah, it's yeah. still worth repeating. It's, <laughs> it's great because yeah. Greg shows up, having driven all the way out from Topeka. You had bought your first, like, the the core set, the Force Awakens core set, and, like, uh, an Ozatuck and something else. The, yeah, the, the, the day before the tournament. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I ordered some stuff online because I didn't even, I think House Carl existed, but I had no idea. And then, so I bought like a U-Wing, didn't use it because it was uh, a large base and I didn't know how to do those. So <laughs> I, uh, I legit was just like, all right, the basics, the things I've seen like on the internet. And so I just flew four small, small bases. bases. Yep, arcs were oh small God. bases. And I just pointed arcs at things. And mm-hmm. and you ran, I uh, yeah. was at RJX5, the... Uh, with Poe, yeah. With the, 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 the astromech astro that at the start of your turn, you could flip over, you know, ex- the, expend the astromech's one shot and fly over rocks that turn. Insane enough. I'd never played the game before, and I never used it. No, it was like, because everybody looked at your list and went, what? what? And I remember, we had a rule. We had some custom cards that we had decided we were going to give out this one custom IG-88 card to whoever brought the most interesting list. And everybody turned in their list, and we looked at Greg's list, and before even the first game was paired, we said, this guy. Yeah. This guy. We have no idea who he is. Yeah. And I didn't even know who IG-88 was. Like, you gave me that card, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this I don't is. I don't play this. What is this guy? And so I just kept it, and I was like, this is neat. Yeah. And then you started coming out, and we didn't realize until you'd started coming to Tuesday nights for like a month or so, that you lived all the way out in Topeka and were making a you know two-hour drive. I didn't... I asked some questions, like, to you and to you, and uh, you intimidated me for whatever reason. <laughs> Probably and, uh, a permanent scowl. Yeah, yeah you are kind of... Dumb, I didn't yes. have a curmudgeon face. Which is actually <laughs> kind of crazy, because you're just super, like, bubbly and nice, and, like, but you don't, like, show it at the time. <laughs> for the most part. So, like, yeah, So, but I talked to you because we were out smoking um, before, and... And so I started talking to you, and then you did the Tuesday thing. Well, you were running it, so I talked to you initially. And then I also remember Mike uh, coming up to me for the first time ever and just being like, oh, if you need somebody to play, I'll play with you. And I was just thinking, like, I'm not going to call you. Like, I, <laughs> I, was like I was like, I have no idea who you are. I, I'm just not going to randomly play with people. Like, that was my thought process, which is like, it yeah. took me a long time just to even go into that building. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was the first time I met Mike, all you guys. And, yeah, it was a crazy day. and. And that was great. So it's been, yeah, four years that we've been uh, regularly now playing. Extra so, old. had you ever played anything, like any sort of competitive board game before X-Wing? Armada. Yeah. Armada, okay. I had not. X-Wing was my yeah. first competitive thing, say, period. I, I played chess growing up, mm-hmm. and tournaments were just, like, the standard way you played chess. Oh, cool. um, I mean, like, there were chess nights, but... Um, oh, I I mean, there were knights in chess. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> like, casually, I was just playing Armada. Like, I had never, like, played at a store mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I grew up on... Risk and Axis and Allies. So those were the board games that I played. Those were the games that I played. And then this was the first major. I, I almost bought X-Wing miniatures at a comic book store because I wanted to display the minis. Yeah. I didn't I even know what the game was. And yeah. I told my buddy, I was like, hey, I think I'm going to buy these. And he's like, you don't know how to play. And I was like, I don't care. I'll throw away the stuff and I'll just keep the model. Mini, yeah. Like, and so that was the first time I saw it, and then I, I remember... I guess that's a non-negligible portion of their sales. Like, yeah, like oh, I'm there's sure. There's a decent number of people that are just like, that's a cool mini, I love that ship. Well, okay, uh, and then I was playing Armada, but not a lot of stores carried Armada because it was such a small... Uh, a, a very group. niche and very expensive, high cost of entry there. Yeah, so I was like, oh, all this X-Wing stuff on the wall, and I was just like, well, I'm not going to play X-Wing, I don't want to play X-Wing, that's, you know, <laughs> I'm going to play Armada because I like the capital ships. And I was just like, I'm playing this, well, you know, people need to play this. And then uh, I discussed it with a buddy of mine who was in the, uh, the army with me for a while, and he he was like, well, I'm not going to get into X-Wing. And I was like, I think I'm going to buy it. And it was like, I had this stuff for like a month, month or two. Mm-hmm. And then I saw your thing, and I went. And then, yeah. 
I say four years minus about the, uh, the the year you were deployed, mm-hmm. right? Right when Second Edition came out, uh-huh. yeah. And then Greg came back, and we were getting all ready to. Uh, all right, Greg, here's how Second Edition works, and you're like, a buddy of mine printed everything out and proxied it while we were over. <laughs> pizza, pizza boxes that were cut to medium bases. <laughs> um, so you That's would just amazing. use those with V's cut in them, like no ships. <laughs> we took our entire collections over there. Yeah. So my collection has been to Iraq and Kuwait, and. Um, so I, I travel with all of my stuff, mm-hmm. which is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I played, oh, I guess it was only three factions back then. But yeah. Two factions then. So I had a lot of stuff, like a big fishing bag, and plus my mat. Like, people would, like, go through my bags or, like, open my bag, and then it would have the mat in there. <laughs> and they just be like, why do you carry this thing around? I'm like, I'm going to meet somebody who plays a game. <laughs> and it was like taking up space and I was like ditching things so that I could still fit my stuff in there. Do I need more water and ammunition? No, I need my t 70 I actually threw away a pillow because I couldn't fit stuff when I went from oh. Iraq to Kuwait, so that was pretty funny. But, yeah. So that's how we all know each other. Uh, some of the other rules updates that came out, one of them that seemed kind of obvious to a lot of us, but apparently there's a loophole some people were trying to exploit, and that is fleeing the battlefield. They had to confirm and reiterate that when any part of your base is outside of the field of play, you have fled. There were some folks who argued about when you checked that and said that pattern analyzer would allow you to boost uh, back onto okay. the and then field. you're no longer fled so and then you're no longer fled so they, and they straight up said no that doesn't yeah, work yeah it feels like a stretch anyway yeah um, <laughs> because, um, my pattern has yeah. got me back in space yeah. in time yeah <laughs> which seems a little bit odd because I'm trying to think okay if you're off the field of play how exactly are you measuring from here but yeah that yeah. feels like people trying to argue that like Tavson when he gets an action and if he had a way to discard a card after like taking lethal damage, could he discard it to stay alive? Like, yeah. No, you're already dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> once you are dead, you are dead. Yeah, your exploded ship now has one hole. But, like, <laughs> uh, it was just a direct pilot shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we, Greg, you mentioned uh, playing in the army. Uh, one of our listeners, Zach Hood, uh, who is himself in the Coast Guard, says, uh, "Greg, I'm in the Coast Guard. Hit me with your sickest Coast Guard burn." So I've been thinking about this question, <laughs> and. I'm going to disappoint you because I'm not going to burn you because I wanted to join the Navy when I was younger, but I was dumb and I joined the Army. Same. You're not in the Army, so you're not dumb. Right. Okay? I've thought about this. Um, I literally didn't join the Navy because I wanted to work on helicopters and I didn't want to do Dunker. I don't know if I've told you guys this story. So in Dunker, you have to flip upside down and go inside of a pool for training and you're inside of a fuselage of a helicopter. It's terrifying. You're strapped in, you have a heat bottle, like a little breathy bottle, and so you're flipped upside down, you're dunked into this thing, and you're strapped in. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I literally <laughs> saw videos of this, and I was like, no, for years, I was like, not gonna, I've done it twice. <laughs> I've had to do it twice in the army, and the last time I did it, I jumped in the pool, and I came back up, and they're like, well, you didn't do anything. I was like, yeah, I know, I quit. <laughs> I've already, I've already, I've landed on a destroyer multiple times. I hated it. It was scary. It was stupid. So, being in the Navy or the Coast Guard, it does scare me. I don't like water, so more power to you. Um, I'm not going to burn you. I'm going to say you're smarter than me for not joining the Army. See, I went the other way. My best friend and I, when we were in high school, before our senior year, he wanted more than anything to be a Marine, like his dad. And I said, okay, well, you're going to go out to the recruiters. I'm going to go with you. So for one day, we went out, 
First thing we went to was the Marine Corps recruiters, and they laughed him out of there because Chris was not cut out for the Marines. And then we went to the Coast Guard, and we walked out of there laughing because the Coast Guard recruiter looked like every stereotypical Coast Guardsman with the baseball cap and the stubby little mustache. <laughs> <laughs> you should have joined the Coast Guard. But, I'm saying, right? but we left out there laughing. But the funny thing is, we both ended up going into the Army, and every time since then that we've you know conversed, where I was like, man. We should have joined the Coast Guard. We totally should have joined the Coast Guard. We'd be both retiring from the Coast Guard right about now. And so, Zach, you know, good on you. Uh, you know, glad to have you out there. But he also followed up with a question. What's a hot take from each of you that the internet is not ready for? Is it about that thing specifically? I would assume so. <laughs> <laughs> I can whip up some hot takes. I was Let's supposed to think about this question, but yeah, I forgot it. Yeah. Um, well, do you have one new? Well, we think. Yes, I have oh, uh, oh, yeah. Can you have a hot take? Does Matt Newton have a hot take? <laughs> <laughs> Answer is no, actually. Uh, well, my hot take is actually related to one of the other rules updates that they put out there. And it is that if you forget to set a dial, you perform a stress maneuver, which is that white two straight, and then you take a stress. My hot take is that this is a terrible idea. Because it can be exploited. This is targeted at me, because I often forget to set one of my five dials. <laughs> but you don't ever play anything that could exploit this. My first thought is, if I'm running 10-num or Braylon, and I want to go straight, but I need to be stressed, then I will just be, I will conveniently forget to set a dial. Are you saying when you're unstressed, need to go straight, and, and also need, need to be stressed. stressed, yes. But you can't just focus and fail the barrel. Right, if you're going to be out in the middle of the Yeah, you don't want your focus. Well, it yeah, it, it's one of those weird little edge cases, but... I can't see that happening. Yeah. yeah, so the hot take is it's a little odd, but it also should be unnecessary, because how they also have explicitly explained how the planning phase works is that the planning phase doesn't end until everybody has set their face down dial by their ships. By the rules, if you move out of the planning phase and everybody hasn't done that, both players are at fault for not maintaining a proper game state. I yeah, disagree, I mean, but I see your argument. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah, you say you, go to system phase, both players should be checking that all the dials are out there. Now, sometimes I miss now, one often. Luckily, <laughs> that's pretty much just a Braylon and maybe 10 dumb things, so like, just <laughs> pay attention if they're paying yeah, really the I, I like that a lot more you know, than do the last wrong. maneuver that you dial yeah, in. Do the last maneuver that you dial in. Because I was flying a uh, large base at Warfare, and I forgot twice mm. in two different games. And, um, it happens. It's a common problem. And it was a too hard, and I too harded really close to the board edge. Mm -hmm. And if I would have too straighted, I would have just done a normal maneuver yeah. up towards whatever. And so that actually seems a lot better to me uh, yeah. than do a random maneuver. Well, not random, but I, it's the best way to do it because if you do anything else, it's exploitable either. But well, either puts your opponent in an awkward spot where they have to make a decision, which is yeah, they good. have to choose whether to um, punish you for your... yeah, which is never good because. You just shouldn't put... You shouldn't put your opponent in that position. Yeah. Right. Uh, it means the judge has to make a judgment call, which can mess up the game really hard, and they shouldn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is just a... It's an arbitrary, this is what happened, this is what you do. Board state doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. You just do it too straight. Yeah, and my hot take is basically that you, they didn't need to 
put all that stuff in there because yeah. you should never run into that category. But in the event that it does happen... I actually came up on a game on Wednesday because yeah. I forgot to set it down. <laughs> I'm actually really surprised it forces you to take a stress, though. Right, that's I'm the thing that I said. It's not just a white two-string. Previously it was. Previously it was just you performed the yeah. stress maneuver, that's but this time now it says you get a stress. My stress. assumption is they did it is because if it gives you a stress, it removes a lot more of the potentially, oh, I forgot to set my dial situation. But, no, the rules also specifically say after performing a stress maneuver, you can't take an action okay. unless you have something that says you can do so. Yeah. Uh, which keeps you from doing things like uh, Nyan Num in the T70. Sure. Oh, I did a two straight, and I'm doing one of you. I'm going to clear this and do this. No, uh, Nyan Num clears the stress, but doesn't get to take an action. Okay, that's like, how that works. I don't, know. That's, I, I don't think it's a big deal it's, overall. It's, yeah, it, it's it's the hottest take I have on short yeah. notice. Any of you guys have anything that jumps out at you? No, usually I just judge other people's takes. To be honest, <laughs> cool. that's true. Yeah. I feel like I Didn't call we talk out about this this week. What a hot take. Yeah. I feel like I call out takes pretty regularly on the podcast already. Yeah, like um, I'm more of a take caller out than I will, I will have one as soon as this podcast ends. I have yeah, yeah, I'm just going to wait for Newt to say something to trigger a take in my brain. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll <laughs> come usually back. How our, you, you've seen how our creative process yeah. works live. We'll almost certainly come back. Newt says something. Doug and I have a huge brain flare of waste. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll come up. We'll come up with hot takes as uh, we find them, Zach. Oh, they'll come. Lord, Lord, they'll come. I have all right spoiler-related hot takes about. We'll get to that when we get to. It. <laughs> all right. Next, next rules update. If you, per- if you forget to set your dial, you perform a white two straight and gain a stress token. Any thoughts? <laughs> This is what we just did. Yeah, that was the joke. <laughs> How long have you been thinking about that? <laughs> the hot take the internet's All not ready. Day. The hot take is that I'm very funny. <laughs> That's a hot take. The internet's not ready for it. Another thing the internet was not ready for, we asked those of you who uh, answered the Google form, which one of us do you think has the longest middle name? You people and, are wrong. Yeah, 38.5, but you thought it was me. It turns out Doug and I both have six letters in our middle name. While Greg and Alex, respectable adults, yeah. yeah. Greg and Alex have seven. So like, really I have a beans. question. Did you know? No, uh, I I knew Doug's middle name, and that was it. Oh, so you just randomly said it? Just I randomly said it because thing. for some reason I thought you had a really short middle name, and I thought yours was well, it's like Grover because Doug always says it's Grover. Grover, yeah, it's Grover. not Grover. His middle name is Grover. That is yeah. a lie. That is six. It's letters. actually his first name, but it goes by That's Alex. Not, so. Alexander is nine letters. <laughs> it's Alexander. It's Grover Alexander Grover Smith. <laughs> <laughs> What a terrible name. Grover yeah. Alexander was a base is always a Hall of Fame baseball player. Then why don't you go by Grover? Because my name is not Grover. <laughs> that is a family name that my mother vetoed for me to be the fourth of. <laughs> so the next question Mine here is, comes from a... I guess we didn't discuss that. Yeah. Mine is Gregory, seven letters like an adult. Yeah. Mine's Michael. Yeah. Seven letters like an adult. Seven letters for life. Dude. Six letters. I guess I could change it, though. <laughs> Don't do that. Our, uh, our next question comes from... Four letters each. Hey, there we go. comes from Grover Smittle the Third. Son, <laughs> why don't you go by your birth name? <laughs> because everyone just calls me Smittle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a question from uh, Jeff C., who uh, we're not familiar with, but... Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Uh, asked, how do you go from casual kitchen table play to getting ready for competitive play? By accident. <laughs> I got it. How do you, you do show it? up? Yeah, I, I think that's the best answer. Mm-hmm. I think you, uh, even if it just means showing up to oh, LGS's first. I thought that's how it did you. But really, you can jump straight into competitive play. Like, uh, you just have to temper your expectations. Like, yeah. Um, 100%. So, so I don't know if this is a question of... Um, because you don't know anybody or because you don't know where to start competitively. 
competitively, if you're going to list build, just find a list that you think is fun that you found mm -hmm. on the internet, yeah. and then go from there. And you can proxy stuff. Usually, people are awesome about it. Uh, if you go to a local game store and you don't know anybody, just literally talk to somebody. Yeah. It is find so hard. Somebody who doesn't look like Doug. <laughs> I get it. I found well, somebody who looked like Doug. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it was me. It's, it's really hard. I was like terrified to go inside that, that game yeah. store that one day, and I did it and changed my life. So, I yeah. know for a fact I only got into going to source because Doug also went. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I only did it because I had gone to chess tournaments, and I was like, this can't be difficult. Like, um, But I mean, it's still, it's, yeah. you know, people we're a bunch of nerds, but everybody everybody wants more people in the community. Right, like, everybody's um, playing the game. you got something to talk about. You are not. You don't have to be awkward or yeah. nervous. And we're or, all awkward and nervous. We all are awkward even and nervous. Even when we're going there for ten, five years, every time a new person, like, I'm awkward and nervous. There's a new person here. Every time we show up and people I'm, say, hi, Greg, and I get all nervous. Yeah, yeah. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> we talk about just showing up to uh, big competitive events. Here's the thing: if you're showing up for the first time that you're playing, you know, what we call competitively at a event like a regional or system open or whatever the new format's going to be. If it's a large event, there are probably going to be a lot of other people there just like you yeah. showing up and playing for the first time. And it's almost axiomatic that in that first round, everybody's equal. You have just as much chance of coming up against another new player as you do coming up against uh, Paul Heaver. As uh, and who, who is it that's unfortunately like this? They've been to only like a handful of tournaments, and in three of them, first round was Paul Heaver. But like, Paul Heaver's great to play against. Yeah, like Paul's a great guy. one of the my favorite facts about Paul Heaver is that he makes pew pew noises whenever he shoots with his ships. Like he's a three time world champion, arguably the greatest player to ever the play X Wing. Yeah, if, if I ever makes play Paul, like, I'm gonna act like I have no idea who he is. <laughs> <laughs> he would love it. I think he, he would love it. Yes. He would love that. Yeah. I've always thought about it. So like, uh, <laughs> I, I played like <laughs> William Hagwood on the internet uh, with the the, the 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 oh shoot. Jake Tank. Yeah, Jake oh, yeah, yeah, Tank. And I like was like, I never made a comment like, hey, I know you. Like, hey, I've heard of you. Like, yeah. it was just like casual, like, you know, whatever. So I was like, I've always thought about playing Paul. And I was just like, I'm not going to act like I have any It's weird to occasionally be there on the receiving end of those com you know, comments. Yeah, yeah. Now. It I don't is like it. so it's weird. It's very weird. Like, uh, at the, though for yeah. me, it's usually like, I'm on a podcast. Like, no, that's not why I know you. Like, <laughs> okay. for, at, right. the, at the Manhattan Tournament, <laughs> at, at one of my opponents say, Hold on, I need to go outside for this break because I need to finish the last eight minutes of your podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't talk about what I'm bringing, so you're not getting any intel that way. Also, you don't need to finish our podcast. It's... Yeah, the, the ends are always a little odd. They're yeah. the best, I think. That's well, true. true. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So another rules clarification that came up, and this is actually reversing an original rules. Uh, they said that ships are at range zero as long as their bases are touching. Previously, if you had two ships that touched and they both did zero stop maneuvers, they were no longer at range zero. That was the rule. They have reversed that. I believe they actually reversed this when they first like opened the AMG um, rules forum, mm -hmm. and this is just actually putting in the rules reference. But yeah, um, yeah. So now you were you were considered touching unless you're unless a zero stop or a movement physically. Untouches the ships, right? So if you like, yeah, move or rotate. Yeah, so like if a, if a U wing rotates and you're no longer physically touching, so, then you are no longer in. Touching is zero. zero. Yeah. Touching, touching is always zero. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes it a lot simpler. Uh, there also used to be the thing that said if you are touching in parallel and you both perform the same maneuver. That was the first edition. Yeah, that was yeah. the first edition. You were, you were no longer touching if you were yeah. parallel and both went straight. Right. I believe yeah. the difference there is that. Uh, you still get your action if you do that because yeah, you're not yeah. overlapping. Right. Um, but you're range zero, so you can't shoot each other. Yeah, and that this could be wrong. Is, I'm not positive. It's just 
putting in one of those things that seems like common sense, you know? Yeah, it's just covering their yeah, CYA. I, mean, I can see the arguments for both, both yeah. sides, though, because, like, if a U-wing rotates, it didn't move, so why are we not range zero yeah. still? The fact that um, you can also fully execute a maneuver and be at range zero. Yeah. yeah. It, it is, it's niche, but it, it can happen. Yeah. It yeah. has happened. I've seen it happen. Yeah. So, but it feels, it's, it feels like it's mostly tidying up, just covering yeah. loose ends. It's just clarifying it. It's similar to the uh, the white t-shirt rule. It's just putting a definitive ruling there so that, it, that it's not up in the air anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Just defining it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a listener named Secluded Swarm Player asks the burning question, is Greg a good cuddler? Well, we can go find out. Is Greg, Secluded a family name? Could be. Uh, I got the feeling the we, we, might know the sec- first name. <laughs> we might know who Secluded Swarm Player is. We and. Uh, he would Rick, answer yes. He would absolutely answer yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Derek. I have questions. <laughs> um, Maybe someone just yes, I am an amazing cuddler. Um, <laughs> based on how we very hugs, humble about it too. Based on how he hugs, I buy it. Yeah, oh, I, would, sure, I would agree sure. with that. Yeah, yeah, I am affectionately known as the what? I'm the little spoon. Yeah, the no, you're, uh, you know, you you were. I wasn't in that room. You were the little, you were the little spoon. Derek was the jetpack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this was, was a world trip. No, uh, Warfare 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 family. That's right. Uh, yeah, Greg and I were sharing a room with our friends Jeff and uh, Derek. Uh, Greg and Derek shared a bed. I, being the one person without a bad back, took the floor and I took all the couch cu- uh, cushions and put them on the floor. And Jeff, who had the worst back, got a bed all to himself. Jokes on everybody. Because we had that malfunctioning air conditioner and it was 10 degrees outside, I was the only person who actually managed to stay warm the entire time because I slept literally next to the heater exhaust in there. Everybody else woke up going, it's 40 degrees in here. And I'm like, I'm not me and Derek. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are well cuddled. But yeah, that that was a cold room there that day. Mm -hmm. So yes, Greg is... uh, Top cuddler, and I think someone also mentioned top cuddler. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that I am funny. I'm like, <laughs> uh, we were talking about this the other day with another one of our friends, Emily. Uh, Greg might be in the running for one of the more tattooed players in X-wing, as uh, you can see. You've got the the partial sleeve and uh, the full sleeve there, mm-hmm. and uh, what not. So. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Greg's not bothering the pants today. So uh, that's an interesting question. We're going to pose out to you out there. Who do you out there think through either it might be you, it might be experience, is the most tattooed player in X-Wing? Uh, go I ahead. And also, who is the best cuddler in X-Wing? Who is the best cuddler? Oh, yeah. If you yeah. if you think someone's going to come for Greg's we, crown. Yeah. I mean, at Worlds, are going to have a cuddle bracket to determine <laughs> the best bracket. cuddler. <laughs> no more Luke and Chewie. I will Chewy. be the judge. <laughs> 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 Why was that the creepiest part of this thing? I have so many more questions. Yeah, like, it's, I will be the judge. It's just like, like nobody else. So are you cuddling and this is how you're determining it? Or are you, yeah. like, observing? Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. I'm being cuddled with. Are you a little or big spoon judge? I'm, I'm versatile. Okay. That's going to be versatile. I, however, will be playing Aces High. Yeah. <laughs> I was Aces High. I was in the cuddle cut. I was Aces High. <laughs> Uh, I always said that when he insulted me about my X-Wing abilities. And I was like, how was Ace's Indeed. Uh, there was another clarification that got made. And this is one that I honestly think no one is going to uh, follow. If you do follow it, you're a bad person. And that's, it's that, that's extreme. It's, they clarified the if ships 
the if the models want to be bumping into each other, you add or remove pegs. That's always been in the rules. But they said you must keep your ships on the bases. No ships. No ships. They, they no clarified ships. that you have. To, I think this has always been in place, and then they removed it at the start of second edition, and then they no. Because back, you occasionally so have like, a problem. For example, the ghost you cannot raise or lower there, and you yeah, just you, not fly it. Yeah, you can just not fly it. Well. I think one of the things that they Derek's have a problem with like that. is that <laughs> well, we see it, the ghost especially. A lot of players will play the ghost, and they'll just put the ghost by the card and fly the base around. That's because the decimators and ghosts block your entire and base. The first edition well, ghost picks did not start did not sell. Well, absolute trash. Um, but the uh, thing is, like, one yeah. of the things because this also came out with rules about how much you can paint and modify a ship. I was going to say that. That it has to be recognizable as the actual model that it is. Mm -hmm. And that you cannot paint a ship to where it is mistakable for another recognizable IP. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it has to be Lucasfilm. Yeah, it has to be Lucasfilm IP. And I think this is because if they are going to be doing official streamed tournaments and things like that, you, there's issues they could run into. Yeah, I think this is, this is a cover our butt if we're recording a Worlds and somebody comes in with a Decimator painted, like the Punisher or something. Exactly. Uh, this uh, actually came not up... Not the Tie Punisher. Yeah. Like, yeah. This Marvel came up Punisher. at Worlds 2018, actually, because it wasn't an actual rule then, uh, where they were streaming, and someone had a list. It was the uh, uh, Sheetha Pete Fenn, Ozatuck, Miranda... Ego. That Ego. Was Ego. Yeah. Ego. But, and, uh, I can't remember. It, oh, it was Jeff Burling. Yeah, it was Jeff Burling who had some incredibly modded ships. I mean, they looked really awesome. I think the Austin Tuck had Defender Wings mm -hmm. on it. Really cool looking. But he went to play on stream, and immediately the FFG folks went, no, 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 yeah. no. You know, and they said, if you can find some ships. And Jeff just stood up and up and up because Jeff Burling is about eight feet tall. And said, does anyone else have an ego list they'd be willing to trade with me? <laughs> and someone just ran over and swapped trades yeah. with him. Because I think that was probably the most common list, uh, that or Ghost Fen. I see. I was expecting to see a lot of egos and didn't see any. So I brought an ego to counter the egos with a slightly more expensive Miranda. And uh, only flew against Ghost Fen's a dash. I can also remember with that, though, there was somebody who painted their uh, sheath of to look like a shell, like a Bowser shell, mm -hmm. and uh, I think they put like a Mario hat on their Ozatuck or something. Like, I can see why they're doing that rule. Uh, yeah. As far as the actual pegs things go, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to follow If you're that. on an no. official AMG uh, stream, you might have to do it. Yeah, yeah, and I'll be like, you better supply me extra pegs, because I didn't carry you're them around. Carry like, <laughs> also, yeah. you better stop the clock every time I have to adjust the height of yeah. the ship. That's, so. It's just a ridiculous one, but it's, again, it's just codifying what was already technically a rule, mm -hmm. and who knows how enforced it. Will well, be. the answer is just to not play ships that extend beyond the borders of the base. It's nothing but Eddas and A wings from here on out. They were pretty good about that until Fury of the First Order, and then both of those ships overhang a ridiculous amount. On all four sides. Yeah. Yes. Like so sides. many pointies. Oh, how many times in our all game did you manage to bump uh, the? The Thai bombers, the first Almost order every bombers. time that we were playing that game, we had to move stuff. It was just chaos. Yeah. I'm I'm flying B wings and having to rotate them and spin them and angle mm. them so Grudge isn't running. You go to like reach for it and it overstretches, so you just knock it over, just like the old silencers. Yeah, mm -hmm. the Thai bomber legitimately should have been a medium base, like based yeah, on yeah, the yeah. size. I don't know. I I can only assume they decided that its ship ability was too strong on a medium base, and they didn't want to change it because they liked the design. This is Doug's but, hot take. Sure, this is my hot take. Uh, but yeah, that's it's so big. Mm -hmm. and, uh, listener Sebastian asks what got you into X-Wing how long are you playing when did you start taking things seriously how did you feel at your first competitive tournament and what were your expectations that kind of dovetails into how did you go from casual to competitive and yeah. we heard Greg's story 
there. Uh, uh, mine ties into his pretty closely. Yeah. Uh, so I started, uh, we, my father and I were doing some Christmas shopping a little bit before uh, Thanksgiving. 2015. Or 2014. 2014, yeah. Uh, and we had finished up shopping and then we ran across game night which is a game store in st louis and i don't think either of us had been in a game store in a long time uh so we just kind of wandered in because uh, i didn't I, I this is my first tabletop game like we played D. we played D, mm-hmm. yeah um i wasn't even like a huge board game person other than like your monopolies and like that's i was types. more of a board game person at that um point. yeah but anyway so we wandered in and uh saw x-wing and i was like wow that's that's really dope uh and so <laughs> we bought the corset and then we went home and we played it and the next day we drove out and we bought rebel aces and imperial aces and uh within a week i was ordering stuff off ebay and that's how i got into x-wing um and then my dad enjoyed it he still plays to this day like he plays it a lot more now than he did when we first got into it uh, but I was obsessed with it, and uh, nobody would play with me, so I convinced Smittle to play. I, say, I came home for Christmas, because um, um, at that point, I lived in Kansas City, but Doug lived in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came home for Christmas, we hung out, because that's what best friends did at the time. Probably. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore, <laughs> we never hang out anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely separate lives. But he was like, I've got this cool Star Wars game, I know you like Star Wars. Um, and I was like... It's a, he's like, it's about spaceships. I'm like, is Dash Rendar ship the Outrider in it? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so the Outrider is what got you into X-Wing. I played Shadows of the Empire, yeah. man. And to clarify, <laughs> I've always liked Star Wars, but I was strictly a movie Star Wars person. Like, no, no other media. So he was like, is, out, is Dash in it? And I was like, I don't know who that is. I'd always been into the Star Wars yeah. And he explained it to me. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, when we went to game night, we saw the Outrider and the Decimator on display because they'd just come out. And I was like, mm. that's weird. I'm never going to buy that. That's not a real Star Wars ship. And then I owned everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then yeah. I bought a bunch of stuff before Doug moved here and had no one to play with. Um, uh, so the first things I bought was right when Wave Six, the Scum Faction released. Uh, so I bought, and this is all first edition. This is all. This is twenty. This is twenty early twenty fifteen at this point. Mm-hmm. And then Doug moves here. Uh, and then, so I moved here, and I'd been looking at tournaments, because uh, I hadn't oh, gone so to any... before he moved here, we spent all day, every day, talking about it. Yeah, a lot of it, yeah. Just list building and talking and, about lists. Yeah. And, um, excuse me. So we heard about a regional at Game Cafe, uh, and it was, like, a month after I moved here. Uh, and then, after, like, the week I moved here, we heard about a Geekery tournament, and so we went to that. Like, it was that weekend. And then we heard about another Columbia tournament the weekend after that. So we went to that. Which is two hours away. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I got this wrong. We heard about a Geekery, Geekery Escalation, Escalation tournament. tournament. It was like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Which Escalation was a... You started with like 30 points. 90... No, it was uh, 30, 60, oh, 90, 20. Yeah. So you start yeah. with like 30 points, and then you add 30 points every round up to like 150. Um, and so we thought that was a really cool sounding format. Um, and so we played in regular tournaments to prepare us for the Escalation tournament. And then we, we found the, the regional was like the week before Escalation. Like, okay, we'll use the regional to practice for Escalation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we played in a regional having three weeks of actual play yeah, experience so under our belt. We went to uh, tournament in Columbia two hours away, two weeks before the regional. Yeah. Tournament Lawrence, 45 minutes away the week before the regional. Yep. Went to a regional tournament, um, which our expectations were low. But we you just were there to have fun. Almost made cut. I came in 10th in Swiss at 4-2. Yeah. It was a top eight cut. So that went pretty well. Yeah, um, it exceeded my expectations. I felt great to yeah. answer the question. <laughs> yeah. um, I flew a ridiculous ca- door- a blaster turret cavil, a blaster turret, ow, z ninety fives. You know what that does? You spend a focus to attack with three dice. Yeah. Was, it, the old school one hundred eighty degree turrets. Yeah, well, full, so it was just a three die attack, but you had to have a focus and spend it in order to perform the attack. Yeah. So I had R four astromech, which at the time when you spend a focus, you can get a target lock. Yeah. So I, I just fired four four die target lock modified attacks. Yeah. Every turn <laughs> counts. Like and then I had a Mengler cannon IGB, yep. so he just guttered constantly. And I had two Z ninety fives, and 
I won four out of six games somehow. I went two and four with a dash, Kean Farlander. Or 45 uh, points. We mentioned this in the last podcast. It was the 45 point, the equivalent to a 90 point B-wing in second edition. Uh, it didn't go great. Uh, I think I won the first two and then lost four straight. So, like, I... And I won my first one because the guy who was way better than me with Brobots flew an IG off the board. Uh, and then I barely beat one. I beat him in round four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, after that, we were like really tired and like went to the Escalation tournament. But we're like we dropped after round two or, or something. something. Yeah, because we were just we played X Men for four weeks straight. Uh, but then we were hooked and uh, uh, we been playing. We played a lot of, but we hadn't considered getting into competitive play until we uh, we missed the original thing for Worlds because Worlds was in October at that time or November at that time, yeah. and then um, so in June they had Worlds tickets. We missed them because we were just getting into the game. But then they said in August, okay, we have a bunch of Worlds tickets for sale on this day. And we both got them. Mm-hmm. So, so then we prepped for Worlds. Which and... was in eight rounds in one day, God, Swiss. It was brutal. Yeah. It was brutal. I went four and four. I think I went three and five. I think you did. Mm-hmm. Um, Something like that, But it was yeah. a crazy day. Yeah. Um, but that's that. That's what really got us into the competitive scene, was going to that first Worlds. Yeah, I was practicing a ton for Worlds, and then it was it was such a cool event, and I would hate it now. I'd hate playing eight, eight rounds in a row I don't think now. I could ever do eight rounds uh, in a day. But at the time, it was just a really cool experience. It was yeah. awesome. And there were only four people from Kansas City. I guess no, that was the year that a lot of people from Kansas City went, but it was the old guard who mostly mm-hmm. doesn't play X-Wing anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yes. that's pretty much our story. Yeah, yeah I got in uh, back in 2016. Uh my dad had just passed away, and I was going through a pretty deep depression, wasn't leaving my house for anything, and two friends of mine who had been, prior to that, trying to get me into Armada, and they said, hey, uh, you know, you found Armada a little slow, what did you, would you like a fast-paced dogfighting version of it? And I went, okay. So we went out to a game store, and I borrowed some of their ships, and uh, the first first thing I built was a, uh, a tricked out, I think it was like a 70-point Oiken in the Decimator. Because we did not realize that you could, with engine upgrade on it, of course, and we didn't realize that you couldn't boost into other ships. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all I'm going to do is just ram yeah, things because like, this is great. Stuff. And uh, it was just terrible. And I was like, okay, this is pretty fun. And we played again, and I got a better hang of, handle of it. I picked up the core set and read the rules, and then was like, oh, guys, we're doing all this wrong. Mm-hmm. We canceled crits before hits for, for the first, time. first yeah. few months. Before. All these rules we were yeah. getting wrong. And I was looking around, and I, and again, you, you laughed at this, but I bought that Force Awakens core set, which came with two TIE FOs and one T-70, and I saw the TIE Punisher, and I'm like, that's awesome. I, I, I'm getting There's one of the, probably the only person who had that reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I would have, except for they were sold out. Yeah, they were totally sold out at the time. Because so it was one of only two ways you could get uh, extra munitions. Yeah, yeah, the I did play Empire back then. Yeah. Yeah. But so, this is the tournament where Doug's referring to, that I showed up at the Geekery at a competitive tournament flying Redline, Death Rain, and Omega Ace, uh, who is these days known as... Uh, one of the bad types. Is he static, or is he... Is I think, he I think he's uh, static. He's the one where you Spend both mods for all crits. Yeah. yeah. Spend a fo- focus and a target lock and yeah. turn all your things to crits. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't good. I was running, uh, you know, all the cluster mines in the world, and... When the Force Awakens course that first came out, everyone flew Omega Ace over Omega Leader. Everyone thought Omega Ace was the yeah. was the one, yeah. and yeah. then it was not. <laughs> <laughs> because then Com Relay came out, and everybody realized Omega Leader with Com Relay and Juke was incredible. Anything yeah. with Com Relay 
was yeah. That one was a dumb ability. It was real good. But so, yeah, that was my first uh, tournament. I finished so poorly that uh, EJ, the proprietor of the store, gave me a new set of dice because mine were obviously broken. Yeah. <laughs> And I started coming in and playing regularly Mondays. I didn't do another actual tournament until that December, the regional at Game Cafe. Mm -hmm. And by that time, I had branched out. I picked up a couple uh, scum ships. That's one that uh, you won it, you TO'd it. Uh, He'd already won a regional two weeks before. Right. Uh, In Omaha, that was your uh, Echo... Echo Bay area. So so I had, uh, I believe I had brought Bosque. With a whole bunch of tricked out stuff, cats, yeah, <laughs> cats, Scarlet, who worked much differently in Rustician, and I think I had Andrew Sulak. Yeah, I loved Andrew. In first I loved edition. Andrew in first yeah. edition so much. Uh, it was Andrew with cluster missiles. Yeah, it was just a run up and ah, <laughs> just go nuts with cluster it. missiles on my boss. Yeah, well, it was that I was, and I had bombs on the uh, the fire spray. So what I would do is, and Cat's uh, ability was the getting better rolls out the rear arc. See 4K and drop a bomb. Yeah, well, no. Like, I didn't figure that out until round five when I was already playing in the basement going, wait, why don't I just start out 4K? That would be a much <laughs> smarter very, that's not a good The very first time I played Cat's card, like literally 4K on the yep. first turn. And, and then, then I did like a one straight. <laughs> we were like range five of each other. Like, like, reset? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, I did, uh, did poorly at that. And then... Uh, got drafted into the Game Cafe League by uh, because, again, Ricky needed a driver. Yeah. So <laughs> he introduced me to everybody as, this is Matt. He's my driver. He's new. <laughs> and I wound up... this. I've been playing for about a year, and again, every Monday, losing to these two. And I, because of people dropping and not making their games, I somehow made my way into the top four of that league beat Doug on stream for the first time since I played him and lost to Alex in the final in some of like the best X-Wing I had played yeah, up to that point. Too, cause we were both play- you were playing Rack Inquisitor and I was playing Pal- I was playing Quintrov. Yeah, so it was uh, because you were playing a da- oh, oh, you were playing I a weird experimental yeah. Yeah. Uh, a weird concept. It was like Dash and a Sheath It was Dash, a Sheath Feet, and something else. It didn't uh, work. A Rebel uh, TIE Fighter. It was yeah. Rex. Yeah, it Rex, was Rex, Rebel yeah. TIE Fighter. I was messing around. Yeah, he, he was messing around, and I'm like... <laughs> I played against two Rack Inquisitors. Yeah, I'm like, I have a freshly new painted custom list yeah. that I'm just going to wreck with, and it was great. That game's still up on Game Cafe's Facebook, by the way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how I got into it. So uh, my expectations, really... You guys had mentioned that you hadn't done any kind of competitive gaming before. Done had, but I had. Yeah. Well, you'd done chess. Uh, I, I have a hard time thinking of chess as gaming. Yeah, but it's a competitive Yeah, thing. Oh, very much yeah. so, because uh, I came from playing Magic the Gathering competitively since the mid-90s. I did go to one Yu-Gi-Oh tournament as an eight-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, loved Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I loved Yu-Gi-Oh. What a so great game. game. Yeah, Magic the Gathering came out my senior oh, year of high school. My Holy shit. You I have cards? Now. Oh, my God. Oh, you Look at this. I used to like think that if I had my deck under my pillow that... Blue Eyes White Dragon would protect me while I slept. I had one of the arm things from the show I got oh for Christmas. God. I never got anything cool. Why? I made Same one out of cardboard, though. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. My parents got me my brother one for Christmas one. It didn't do holograms because it was 1995 <laughs> yeah, 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 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. But like, now it would do holograms. Are you guys ready for the Yu-Gi-Oh! spinoff episode? Hell <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> but so, no, I, again, I played Magic uh, competitively. I was uh, ranked. Uh, I made the Pro Tour one year. And I stopped playing in the early 2000s when I 
realized how toxic an atmosphere it became and the kind of player it was making me when I found myself winning a game and preparing to mercilessly taunt my opponent for absolutely just pantsing them. And then I realized I was playing against a 10-year-old. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, that, that's a child. I was just about to throw you hands with a child. Sometimes you play children, and when you beat them, it's exciting. So what was the... Bryson? Bryson! He always played the three triple uh, the triple Ion defenders, defenders, defenders and ions, yeah. and I could not beat him. No! Because this... I would fly uh, large base ships, or I would fly one agility ships, and he would just, 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 hard just, just do it. Hard yeah. Yeah. And back in 1.0, you couldn't drop a bomb if uh, you were ionized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So I just got wrecked. And so one time I beat him. And I was like, in your face, Bryce! Like, I was just like, yes! And I mean, this kid's like, what, 14? He was 14 years old at the time, mind you. Grown man. It was great, yeah. Uh, That's not the let... only time he got yelled at. That's true. Speaking of Mike. Mike took some abuse. Mike didn't yell at Bryson. Yeah. Mike didn't yell at Bryson. Our friend Mike who asks, when are y'all coming up to visit me in Minneapolis? Hey, you know what? The next time Minneapolis has a regional style event, we'll make that road trip. Yeah, absolutely. Day. Minneapolis yeah. well, is great. Six I hours love them. day. Yeah, I say we went to a regional and first edition. Of it's only yeah. six yeah. hours. Oh no, no, it's about a, it's about an eight to ten hour it is drive. A six hour drive. It's a six hour drive. Really? Exactly. Six hours. Six hours. Straight up. Five thirty-five. Straight up. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. But no, uh, no, yeah, so we did go to that regional. I played Whale Headwood in the finals and lost. Every yeet flipped my my lambda. He flipped his lambda three sixty. Literally three sixty went base to base in a different spot. he was flipping the wings up. He was like, I don't like the wings down on my side because I bumped them, and he went to flip the wings up and flips the whole land up. <laughs> they were memeing the whole time. Yeah, we were, we were having yeah. a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was all in good fun. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just very funny to see. Oh, he said, I had the wings up. And he's like, I want wings down on my side. Yeah. So he put the wings down and then moved his hand <laughs> and literally flipped. Yeah. They went base to base in a different spot. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. And then he destroyed me because I entered my Inquisitor. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and speaking of younger players, we had a younger player in our last league, Russell Franklin. Yeah. Uh, We've talked about him Docs. a bit here. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we've, we've spoken about it before. He was uh, just yeah, a... He was Docs of the Colony of the Young Players. Oh. <laughs> now everyone knows his identity. Anyway. Uh, he had asked us... Uh, he had a list of questions I'm that he came in with us, so hopefully we can get to all these, Russell. Uh, first one, we'll just go hot takes real quick. Doug, how do you think that the Nantex and Ensnare should be fixed? Uh, they should ban the Ensnare card, and then in like a card pack, they should re-release it with better text. Like, either when it's transferred it becomes a strain, or you can't oh, reposition the ships, fine. or yeah. something like that. Well, that. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I honestly didn't need to ban it, just errata it, to say when you just errata and snare it. They have, they, on the screen, they said they really don't want to errata cards. Right. So, then, then, yeah, then, just ban and snare, and then re-release it, and it'll be in snore or whatever. In snare, too. I'll take the next one. Could the N1 Naboo Starfighter be competitive? Absolutely. It's still a child. Yeah, fly Anakin. Uh, yeah, that it's the one of the cheapest torp carriers out there. Marcel Manzano, uh, who was the captain of XTC, uh, the US XTC team, went nine and zero at XTC with uh, Rick, and a kid and Obi Wan. Like, yeah, well, like, what place did USA come in? Second. Yeah. Nine and zero, but couldn't come in first. That's did they really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the trick is is you want to put region on them because it's cheap and it gives it them. Is. It's only five points. On yeah, them. and they disengage a lot because they want to go fast. Um, so it's easy to get those two shields back mm -hmm. and uh, and otherwise keep them relatively cheap. Yeah, yeah. I think I they can be really good. Great. Yeah, do you feel uh, that ships such as the K Wing and the Skurg could ever be let out of 1.0 jail and reprinted? 
I mean, not to take uh, thing. We know for a fact that one point over prints will happen at some point down the line. Yeah, that yes. doesn't mean all of them. Uh, yeah. But the, I know what you're getting at with the 1.0 jail. Um, the K-wing, uh, Miranda will forever be in it because her ability is no longer great. Um, it's good. Uh, Mike, uh, I played Mike before, and he's won games because he's regen shield or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's still good. Um, definitely not oppressive uh, like it was because uh, you can. It's only primary attack. Yeah, and it's only when you're shieldless. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So they fixed that. Uh, she should be fine. Uh, the points are weird. Uh, K wings are weird. Um, so that's the reason. That but K wings have had success in, first, in second edition. They have, sure, sure. But what I'm saying is, like, the points are all awkward. Like, yeah. you pay like one more point, and you can get Miranda from a generic or something like that. Yeah. Um, Skurgs? Uh, what's a Skurg in 2.0? I haven't played one. Once it got to medium um, base, it dropped it like a rock. I enjoyed... I played a bit of Nim. Um, I enjoyed him. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do particularly well. But the the Drealocks had success. Yeah. Oh, right. Drea and yeah. 3 VTG. Well, I right. one. Well, so. see, I borrowed two from Doug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But similar to what we said about Ensnare, like, they could release a card pack that gives a configuration with the reload action, and then I think the Skurg is perfectly Fixed. great. Fixed. Yeah. to, like... Um, when let them take saturation out. Yeah. I guess they don't have missiles either. No, have. they took they took away everything that made the skurg totally broken and turned it into a tanky turret carrier, they which is a fine role for. I guess what they could do, they could theoretically do kind of what they did with um, uh, what's uh, what's Dimgar in the jump yeah that thing um, also a one point shell. They kind of they they gave it a, a a cannon, then they took it away. They could give it a crew, whatever, take it yeah. away. They could do whatever they could, so they could kind of manipulate it and make it a different thing, because it will never be what it was in 1.0. Thank yeah. God. So yeah. they, there's like almost I'm say almost no way they could do that. It's it was so you know oppressive. Everybody hated him, Miranda, whatever. Um, but it, it's just not the same. So I wish it was out of jail because I would fly Nim, but I just I look at the medium base and I'm like, gross. Medium bases are great; they fit but, everywhere. But it being medium base because I did fly Nim in 1.0. I flew Nim, uh, Resistance Bomber, and Fen, um, and so I have flown that as a small base. It's just weird to me. Okay. Um, and they also are clearly worried about the 40 point threshold with it. So like they could release pips generics or something to make them a little more cost appropriate. Mm-hmm. Like there there are definitely ways they could fix it. They might just not want to though because it's a a pretty deep extended cannon. They might need to pause. Uh, another question that Russell asked. Uh, it's my turn now. <laughs> indeed, Alex. Uh, with the possibility of this ban list coming up, what's your hot takes on what should end up on it? Oh, I have some hot takes here. I want not just upgrade cards. I want pilots on this list. Okay. I want Vader Defender on this list. I want Han Solo on this list. <laughs> I want every single Rebel Millennium Falcon on this list. <laughs> you just want everything that Doug flies? I want every single Rebel Millennium Falcon on this list. <laughs> now, I, I think we're never going to see iconic pilots on a ban list. I could definitely oh, see what? Darth Vader being... Okay, Defender, Dar- 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 Defender Vader yeah. is not an iconic pilot. Defender yeah. Vader what is, is this ban list for? This is for a competitive event that's I coming up or a competitive MMG season? Because ban- ban yeah, yeah, they've they announced they'll have a ban list and a restriction. But for like a season or for an event? Yeah, no, we, we, don't, we don't know. It might be rotating. I think that... Uh, I want every single Rebel Millennium Falcon on that list. People who don't hate Falcons are being biased. Fuck it. I need language. Oh, hey, oh, oh hey, this guy over here. Take two, take two, ask your question again. <laughs> what about Chewbacca? Screw him. Okay. <laughs> There's a, yeah, a couple things that might go on that ban list. I think it's mostly going to be things that 
break where they want the game to be going. It's mostly going to be stuff like Ensnare. Ensnare or, or uh, yeah, Supernatural Reflexes, Precognitive Reflexes, Advanced Sensors, those things that we've seen leap up in points because it seems they're wanting to move the game away from pre-maneuvering. In my opinion, the only thing that is guaranteed on there is Supernatural Reflexes. Supernatural Reflexes. I think everything else, there is an argument to keep it in the game. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, like X-Wing famous people want Advanced sensors and precog gone as well, but that doesn't necessarily mean it'll happen. Well, it's actually that it's just going to ban all generic ships. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's Boom. it's like ninety five percent likely supernaturals on that list. It's clearly a mistake card. Um, I think it's the only one that is guaranteed, but I would like to see the other ones you guys have mentioned on there, including Defender Vader, including not including Rebel Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe no. no. All right, uh, Just maybe stop making Han cheaper. You're, yeah. You hate him so much, and then Fen's gonna come out, and you're gonna run Fen yeah. Han constantly. I'm not gonna lie about what kind of person I am. I will do that, <laughs> but I still hate Han until then. All right, Greg, here's one for you. What are your favorite large base ships, and why? Hmm. Talk about this for exactly one ship for me. I'm gonna have to go with. The Resistance Bomber. Mm-hmm. But um, why? We all know that's your ship. But why? Yeah. Mainly nostalgia, actually. Uh, not because of... It's literally first, like the first newest ship. Oh, okay. No, well, last year <laughs> oh, no, no. nostalgia. That movie's old now. No, no, not because of the movies. Uh, but because... Actually, that's not true. I did really, really enjoy that scene. Spoilers. I did enjoy that scene, and I thought it was a really cool concept for a ship, and I was just like in love with it uh, when it came out. And then I found out, so I started X-Wing like the way before that. Yeah. Then I found out that was a thing, and I was like, oh, we're doing this. So then I bought like three of them. <laughs> and uh, in 1.0, I could run three in a B-Wing? Was it three in a B-Wing or two in a B-Wing? Two in a B-Wing. Okay. No, I think you could run three. Could you run three? If you didn't have stuff on them. Yeah, I think they were just guns. Whatever. Um, Where was I going with this? So nostalgia, because that was my thing back in Mm 1.0. I built lists around um, uh, the transport or the bomber. Bomber. I killed so many bombers. Specialist. What was his name? Guys. Bob. Bob. Crimson Specialist. Crimson Specialist. Finch is the new one. Yeah. Which I don't play any Finch in 2.0, which is funny. I play Vinny just because he's amazing. Just tanks a lot. I just just really like to look at the ship. I like to stop. I like to do the turret. I like to do the things. And none of the lists that I build with them are good. I know that. But I fly them, and it's fun. Yeah. My favorite large base ship is Bosk. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we know. Yeah, Specifically Bosk, not the YV-66. <laughs> we didn't have to ask. It's just yeah. We did not have to ask. In fact, I hate pretty much all other large base ships. Yeah. Uh, you've played quite a few large base ships. What's your uh, favorite one? I think either the Upsilon or the Falcon. Lando are my favorite. I don't... I, the Falcon's... Okay. Doug likes abusing Han. I like abusing Han, <laughs> yeah. It turns out I like playing things that I think are broken, but in terms of, like, aesthetic, it's, it's, I think it's either the Lambda or the Upsilon are my two favorite to fly. Um... <laughs> The Epsilon's not very good, and it's real expensive. I hate the Epsilon uh, so much. Also because... Uh, Lambda's I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, my Epsilon has <laughs> broken so many times, I haven't even flown it. Like, I haven't flown it you once in second edition. brand new one in a box? I do not. Okay. <laughs> because I have two of them I was because still probably I was going to be part of the cancer that flew the three. <laughs> the triple Epsilon. Yeah. And then I realized that people hated it, and I was like, well, I don't want it. So I have two in the box in the closet. Yeah, try it. Now, if I had to think of what my favorite large base ship is, I'm going to... Go out and actually... Is the B-Wing a large base I know, ship? if you can make it a large base ship, it'd be great. Uh, it's the large base hawk. Uh, I'm going to actually say the Jumpmaster. 
in 2.0, not 1.0, but I like the 2.0 Jumpmaster. Oh, we're talking about 1.02. It's still no, awesome. no, it, you know, because everybody likes the 1.0 Jumpmaster. That was the do everything ship, but I like the 2.0 version of it because it's a control ship. Uh, I I pretty much only fly uh, uh, Nom Lum in it, but I flew Manaru. Yeah, I flew Manaru for quite a while. Uh, Manaru with IG88 or Perceptive Copilot was just fun of token passing and scum. So that's there. Uh, Man, speaking of 1.0 jail, Mary's ability is pretty sad. A little to bit. be fair, it was she was in 1.0 jail during 1.0. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a, a game from 1.0, and I don't know what year it was. And Mary one probably. <laughs> Mary was over here. Yeah. And then uh, her global passing. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then yeah. Dengar was over here. I think it was it global or was it one to three? It was global. It was, it was global. global. Yes. And it was just like, yeah. oh, I'll just pass it. And I was yeah. just like, this is that's the why we just thing. Thing. <laughs> go to one to three, and yeah, then went right. all the way yeah. to range one yeah. instead. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was still really good because yeah, it turns out giving tokens is good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another question Russell had was, is the Republic too dependent on their Jedi? If so, how do you think the recent increases and in upgrade slot changes to Jedi will affect the competitiveness of the Republic as a faction? They are dependent on them, and you know what? They're still good. That's the design of the faction. Yeah, the design of the faction, at any price, they're good. There will always be lists that pop up that don't use them, but the faction identity is the Jedi. I I wasn't tracking with the question at first. Yeah, like... I would say they are... I wouldn't say they're too dependent, because that is how the faction is like, I fully intend to fly Jedi for the next large chunk of competitive Mm -hmm. X-Wing, because since... Is stupid good, especially in this new spoiler world we'll talk about later. Oh, uh, gross. I'm never yeah. not bringing sense again. Yeah, sense is a great one. But even not talking about like current metas, like the the faction design is based around Jedi. Yeah. Like, um, like Warthog Swarms popped up and they didn't have Jedi, and like the uh, Resistance Bombers have popped up in Spam, uh, Y Wings specifically. Um, but I mean, Jedi, like Adas and Aether Sprites are both very flexible ships. That are very strong. That are and pretty iconic. aggressively costed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're iconic. Like it, it's clearly a faction built around. And them. the characters are Anakin uh, Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if you like, you're the main characters of the prequels, and this is their faction. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I actually think that the the random player order is what's going to affect them more than their price changes because mm-hmm. price changes change by nature. Um, but like random player order, I think they're actually better because of it because they all have passive mods. Uh, they're all really mobile, and they all don't super rely on moving second. They just get a big benefit from it. Yeah. But. Well, our next question here is from Doug Howe, who asks, What's your favorite X-Wing game accessory? Mine. It's a chance cube. Mine is Doug. <laughs> Doug is my, my accessory. Nice. Uh, I'm really fond of my hybrid uh, tournament tray. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... Yeah, first thing I did was I got it, and I had leftover wood stain from making a dice uh, box, yeah. and I stained it, and everybody was like, oh, what option did you get for that? And I'm like, no, I hand-stained this. <laughs> it I looks see. that way. Doug and I spent the first five years of this game, every time we go to a store, check and see if we can find a better X-Wing container than what we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember you guys, Carrying cases are always when bad. I heard that you guys were like the local pros, and you show up with all, like, everything you owned in a big Tupperware tub, <laughs> just okay. carting around. That was no, nobody will ever beat Bill. Bill is Bill. Bill, 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 Bill cracks me up. I hate yeah. it because he's the anti-me. Like, <laughs> my my whole thing about accessories is I just absolutely love them uh-huh. and I just yeah. make them and I and I, I just do all kinds of... And Bill shows up 
with a box. An Amazon cardboard box. 8x10 cardboard box. With Sharpie on it. I think that says X-Wing. It's just like It's just his cardboard box. Stevie for a long time was also really anti-accessory. He was like a refrigerator. Yeah, he has a little refrigerator card thing. He didn't, like, he'd win regional dice and they would just sit in his truck. Yeah, he would never use them. But he'll finally use dice now. Alright, so speaking of making things, I made you guys things. You know of them. Holy cow. I hope the orange really is cool. close. That's amazing. You picture Show it to the camera. Oh my oh god, my that's god. so cool. I'm getting off the smell, too. Yeah. Hey, this is badass. I don't know that's how awesome. great the focus is, but their dice trays in Arabesh, they have Tachi Station Radio, right? Sorry, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, mine has a silencer going one way and a phantom going the other. I got B Wing and U Wing on mine. Yeah. YV666 and a Fang. Yeah. Is that blood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So if you ever have a question for who the best member of Tashi Station Radio is, it's Greg. It was always Greg. Yeah. 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 Um that is amazing. Cow, Greg. Blue. Well, Actually, stuff, how do you know? I didn't even test them. So uh they're since they're brand new, they still smell. Yeah, they are getting high Yeah, exactly. paint fumes are gonna make this uh, yeah, driving here, so they were pretty intense. Yeah. But thanks, Greg. this is just some of the stuff we are working on here. Yeah, um... This look amazing. They do. Uh... I was going somewhere. Oh, so I have a question. Oh, and so this is my thank you for letting me join the podcast. And I have a question, so why did you ask me? Okay. Uh, so I, after the mini-chlorian... Yeah, well, actually, when the mini-chlorian came up, we realized we were going to need to find a fourth uh, you are, person. You are a local. You, you are a local. Yo, you were you the first been on before because of... The, the uh, Jank Tank. Jank Tank, yeah. Jank Tank, yep. Mm-hmm. But then after the tournament, we were talking... Um, like, this is, like, as soon as we're done, like, scores, and you've gone forward now, and we've been having a good time all day, I was like, hey, guys, we should ask Greg to join the podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. so we had him on before so, Mini Chlorine yeah. to talk about it, and then I think we had him on again after to go over it, and then we're like, we should just keep him on, because, yeah. A, he clearly is the best member of <laughs> Dodge Station Radio after winning Mini Chlorine, and then, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I just remember it was really random, like, you guys were like, okay, we're gonna move over to the recording or whatever yeah, and I was from. just like alright see you guys later and you're like no no you too and I was just like oh okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. awkward it was funny because uh, we had a Facebook messenger group for the three of us that we had used for playing Tashi Station and then we started another one with Greg as we were doing Minichlorian strategy and then halfway through the Minichlorian Doug just changes the name of that one to Tashi Station Radio <laughs> <laughs> we're like yeah it was more fitting <laughs> and it was great yeah and it's uh, just great having a uh, Different voice where I know that the three of us often get uh, competitive tunnel vision, mm-hmm. and you know Greg adds that for the love of the game to the the team. Yeah, I think it's a good balance. I think about it all the time, um, like how different I am. Person we have in this guy, in this podcast too. He's, He's definitely the most mustachioed. True. Mm, yes. But the you guys are very like, <laughs> you guys are very like numbers. Uh, you're very like a lot smarter. You think about it in I a different direction. True. We have different styles of thinking. And then yeah, I and true. then I so like I play from like a different you know whatever. Like the other day, you guys were talking about statistics, and I was like, I'm just going to continue to be bad and put Vinny in lists. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so like that's kind of what I do. You're definitely stat heads. Yes, yeah. I'm definitely like I kind of say things like from a like an emotional standpoint like yeah. oh is this rule good it's like I don't know I, I liked these things yeah <laughs> Yo, you, we always joke that you're our, you're our Luke Skywalker turn off the targeting computer player uh, yeah Alex is always looking at the odds and the, the statistics I like baseball yeah 
Doug is thinking three moves ahead at all times, and I'm trying to money ball X-Wing at any given moment. The other thing Doug is doing is diving the two back and figuring out what it's yeah. his turn I'm just down. playing Darth Vader and being like, I'm just better because I have force. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out later. Also, wa- like, watching Doug fly some shit, though, is yeah. crazy. I just like abusing things that are good. That's it. That's Speaking I mean. of abusing good things and Darth Vader, uh, you'd mentioned... Uh, Alex, you said the, the next big tournament, you guys both qualified oh, for the Alderaan Galactic Tournament uh, Championship. I almost did spoilers today. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then we found out that spoilers will not be in effect for Indeed. the tournament. So uh, that'll be on, it's, it's uh, November 6th. Next weekend. Yeah, yeah. next weekend. Yeah. And uh, you guys are both going to be in it. It is the finals, of, it is the culmination of the Second Galaxy. Galactic Series. Galaxy. Yeah. Galaxy. yeah. yeah. Uh, are you guys willing to spoil what you'll be flying? Yeah, I'll spoil uh, it. I can't race. decide. Uh, I haven't decided yet. Probably something. Well, I mentioned that I was enjoying flying Lambdas recently, and I mentioned that I enjoy abusing things. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm running Defender Vader and two Lambdas. Uh, it's Naked Vader, uh, Lieutenant Psy, and then an Omicron with ISP Slicers, because I had one point left over. Um, mostly it's Vader being unblockable, because he has two coordinators, and they're both large base ships with 10 health, so they're a pain in the butt. They just get in the way. Uh, Psy can do really dumb things with the other Lambda because of her ability. Pretty much any ability, sh- any action she coordinates to the Lambda, she also gets because they have mm. the same action bar. Mm. Um, so you can do really dumb things like the Omicron does a one forward uh, in front of Psy, coordinates to Psy, who uses the action to coordinate to the Omicron to focus, which gives Psy a focus, and then Psy one forward and bumps. Stuff like it's that. so dumb. Yeah, uh, it's it, degenerate. Essentially, the lambdas always have actions unless they need to coordinate to Vader. But if they're coordinating to Vader, then he's an unblockable I six. Always has full mods. Defender with force. Defender <laughs> with force. <laughs> yeah, um, which so, is apparently pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm not positive that it's going to be like a top medalist, but it's really entertaining to fly. Sure, hope it won't be. And it <laughs> catches people off guard a lot, and that's what I'm going to take. Yeah, and so you're that's... flying Bosk and... No, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> flying something with an Obu and Kenobi with sense on it. Yeah. You can't fit that in with Bosk? No, because... Unfortunately, you can't. Yeah. 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 I would if I could, though. Believe you me. Can I bring Obu and Kenobi, Bosk, and Anakin in the N1? Because I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, good lord. Holy cow, would I never stop flying that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'll probably fly some form of... Right, actually, for the, on Wednesday, I tried out a Warthog 3v Wings and a CLT Obi-Wan Kenobi with sense that I really enjoyed. Um, came down to a 13-point game of time. Yeah, and there's an example of a Republic list that's not dependent on its Jedi. Oh, it's super is. I lost as soon as Obi-Wan Well, no, oh, I mean, Obi-Wan's been there, but I mean, uh, we've got a local player, Matt Ritz, who's been running variants of Warthog... Two uh, Jedi and two and two Jedi. But the thing is, the Jedi die immediately, almost every time. And the V wings, I was down on the V wings in the very first release because I thought, oh, it's a two 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 or two three two two. It's a cheap ass A wing. Yeah, it's it's a cheap ass A wing, and those things do work. It's nutty that V wings are a point cheaper than six. Yeah, Yeah, like six went up to twenty seven, and V wings went down to twenty six. And the V wing is just better than. I don't know who who ruined the idea of a seven six swarm for everybody. I mean, I, mm. I transcended the idea of a <laughs> God. You and Octocon ruined it for everybody. Octor had auto blasters. I will never bring those. <laughs> I was really impressed. But, and for those curious, uh, Dion did clarify that he's sticking with what we thought random player order was going to be for Alderaan, because it's how we've been presuming it's going to be, and it's too short of a change. Uh, so it is just you roll off whoever wins the role is first player for the game, mm-hmm. and that's how the tournament's going to run, so... And I think uh, with that, it's about time to talk about the news that came out today, because that dovetails into our last uh, listener question. Uh, wow. Steven asks us, how valuable are higher initiative pilots in the random player order meta, more or less than before? Well, uh, our answer to that changed about yeah. five hours ago. I don't, 
know. I don't know. What the answer we don't know is. what the answer is now because doesn't matter. The, the, so what's bad is having the same initiatives as your opponent. Maybe. Maybe we don't know. <laughs> so yesterday, uh, Thursday, the AMG crew was supposed to have a stream playing X-wing, and they were going to test out the new random player order rules. Which, to be clear, is there? It's still like in beta. Essentially, it's, it's not an official rule. It's something that they are still play testing. They just announced it. Yeah. So <laughs> they ended up having a power outage. And weren't able to stream, so today they made a post on Twitter, and immediately the internet reacted with maturity and uh, <laughs> grace, grace, yeah, yeah. and grace. Uh, the way they have uh, proposed it, and the way they would have played it in that demonstration game, is all they said, is that random player order will be decided by each player rolling three red dice, and first player will be decided first by who rolls the most crits. If that's a tie, who rolls the most focuses? If that's a tie, who rolls the most hits? If that wasn't complicated enough, this is to be done every turn during the planning phase after you set your dials. That is the big... The, and that the, is the punctuation from rolling the, for first player yeah. in the system phase. I remember I was reading through that and I'm like, okay, so three dice, that's a little complicated. Okay, oh, they're doing it every turn. <laughs> and it's kind of like watching that little you know, pressure worse. gauge yeah. go up. And then it says, after dials are set. It's that sudden moment, we have just lost cabin pressure. So my first thought was, this This is just like Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I didn't like it, and then the more I thought about it, the more I didn't like it. <laughs> I am keeping an open... I, I'm not a fan of it. I, no, at first definitely instinct, not a fan of this. I am keeping an open mind until I actually try it like and give it... Yeah, genuinely like I'm, 10 or so I'm games. I'm going to get a game in this weekend and yeah. see how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will forever hate the three dice thing. It's yes. needlessly complicated. Just roll one die hits. Yeah. It's Why are hits less important than focus? Well, because they got one result, two result, three result. Yeah, so it goes exactly. from most or least likely gotcha, result. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, realistically, I think we are going to be looking at a bunch of different ways. Again, we're not having any organized play mm-hmm. until well into next much. year. Yeah. So... I get the feeling that however your local tournament organizers want to run things, work with that. In casual games, try different things out. Uh, locally, we've been just rolling a chance cube at the beginning of the game, and that person is first player through say, the rest of the game. Are you either first on blue or first on red? Which do you want? Yeah. Right. And uh, that is how it will be run. Uh, Diona said Gold Squadron will be running it for the Alderaan yeah. tournament. There's also... Like, even if you hate this rule and you're positive it's going to be terrible, try it out first. Yeah. Like... But give it an honest, open-minded yeah. try, and not a "I'm trying this because." Believe I know it or not, devs normally know what they're talking about. Yeah, like unless they're the riot devs. That doesn't mean that they can't be <laughs> wrong. But you should give it give it a genuine try, not a "I tried on, it one time, it was terrible." Try. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, then you could say it's terrible after you tried it five times. Yeah, still yeah. We will definitely go more in depth on this in our next podcast. We're going to give it a couple uh, weeks to kind of right, so ferment out there in the wild. We'll we'll play with yeah, this we'll, and we'll give you our honest feedback. Six hours into it being announced yeah. at this point, like so, this is still yeah. We're still processing at this point. Like, have to uh, we're on bargaining. Right yeah, now. do have to uh, back <laughs> up what uh, Dion Morales had said on the uh, Gold Squadron Discord that if you feel the need to comment to AMG on Twitter or social media, be respectful. Be tactful. 
do not just go insulting them and things like that. Because if you here's the do thing. that, you're a bad person. Right, you're a bad person. And yeah. things like that are what make companies and developers stop listening to the player. Yeah, like, just take a step back and think about it for a second. Like, if the company didn't care about this game, they just wouldn't change anything. They would anything. have canceled the game. Yeah, well, like, they, if they were just farming the money until That's it's right. let drive, they just right. wouldn't change anything. They'd yeah. be like, okay, FFG designed it, we'll, you know, release a ship every once in a while until this game dies. And Instead, we still play. Yeah, they're <laughs> actively trying to make what they think will be a better game. Yeah. And it's possible that doesn't line up with your expectations, but that doesn't mean that MG is trying to tank it. And mm-hmm. you should you should just be open to giving it a try. Like, And it's possible uh, you might not like new X-Wing. Yeah. Um, you might, it might be time to move on, but we all have time, so we'll move on from X-Wing. A lot of people decried second edition when it was announced and said they were never going to pay the money to convert. Mm. And now whenever I see casual players asking questions and go, oh, by the way, we're playing first edition, it's a whole bunch of, why would you do that? Like, yeah. like <laughs> it's... Uh, just, just give them a chance. That's that's really all I'd, I'd ask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this is coming from somebody that doesn't like it. I don't think it's going to be good. Literally, but I'm going lots to try. Lots of f bombs were exchanged discussing yeah. this change today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I may have gotten a little heated in you our logo chat. You got a little heated in our logo <laughs> chat. Yeah. <laughs> because it seems. Sorry, Blake. Yeah. Sorry, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it seems uh, like we said, it seems bad on first view, but there may be some place they're willing to go with it. Uh, again. We Everything still don't know if scenarios are going to be a scenarios might be a thing that might you know affect. So the game might be changing. Nothing stops you from getting together with your friends and playing the game using your own decision. You can throw that. a retro tournament, and say we're going to follow the, we're going to use initiative or, or yeah. bids or yeah. we're going to use whatever. Um, a for tournament tournament organizers. Um, until we know for sure what the official rules are, please specify how you're going to yeah. how yes. these tournaments are going to function yeah. mechanically. Announce ahead of time. Because yeah. um, it's no fun to show up and think it was going to be one way, and then your list doesn't work. Anymore. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're going by current rules where there's bids, but then people are showing up with ace lists at 200 because they didn't expect there to be, and yeah. they have to deal with a local who knew and has a you know 10 point mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, well, uh, sometimes. But I think I always feel that like you should, other than number of rounds, which should be based on attendance, in my opinion. Yeah. You should lay out all of the rules in advance for all of your events, just so everyone is on the same page. Absolutely. And this again, from me, not a TO who doesn't have to do that extra work. Yeah. But also, if you're going to do rounds based on our tensions, announce that in the tournament. Because yeah. if you announce a specific number of rounds, people Agreed. will be disappointed if it's I does. never, yeah. Like, I, I am of the opinion that you should announce rules, rounds will be based on attendance and cut will be based on attendance. Yeah. So, um, that is how I, that yeah. is my opinion. But, as always, just like with AMG, uh, be respectful and thankful for your tournament organizers. If they're, running a tournament, if they're running a tournament a certain way and you would prefer it to be differently, voice your opinion respectfully. Uh, as a wise man once said, you want it to be one way, but it's the other way. Stop saying that. Go watch The Wire. Everybody watch The Wire. Seriously, go watch The Wire. We are now a wire If we don't like these rules, Tachi Station is becoming a wire podcast. (laughs) I'm so... I have so much to say about The Wire. Next episode, The Wire. I will never stop talking about The Wire. (laughs) Except for maybe to mention Breaking Bad. Guys, can you imagine the wire as a miniature scene? Oh my god. I'm Omar OP. Omar is OP. Alright. A couple other things. I think four white guys are the most qualified to talk about the wire. Four white guys from the Midwest. <laughs> Definitely knowledgeable. Uniquely, about. yeah, unique perspective on the drug trade on an East Coast city. <laughs> oh dear. Well, 
Guys, it has been a hell of a ride for 50 episodes. Thank with, you for thank joining you, us. Yeah. Shoutouts to you. Also, to you. why? Yeah, yeah, that too. Also, like, I can't believe Greg wanted to join us. Indeed. Uh, we've got more shoutouts to give to than to just the three of us uh, and four. Well, the three of you plus me makes four. <laughs> That's true. I can math. Uh, it's been a long week. It's been a long, it has been a long week. Can I start uh, off with, uh, with absolutely? Uh, so I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but my father plays X-wing. Um, huh. So I really want to shout out What's my father, name? Bob Howe. Oh, um, I also do actually want to say so during XTC, he gave me a ton of practice, uh, specifically against the meta menace of the time that was the Lando Asajj Bosque, and I never gave him credit for that. So genuinely, thank you for that, and also my father. Bob. Indeed. Bob's uh, really cool, though. Um, Bob, Bob is super cool. Definitely uh, the best how I've ever met. Yeah, I supported Bob. Bar none. I had... Uh, just, the one I went to high school. Just to tell you how cool Bob Howe is, this week I had a co-worker who had a relative that found a bunch of uh, uh, Kenner era, you know, 1980s Star Wars figures in great condition in their garage, and uh, my boss comes to me and says, hey... No offense, but you're a Star Wars guy, right? <laughs> like, no offense. Sure. He says, "How much would something like this be worth?" Is that what Butler thinks of us. And he says, "Yeah, how much would this be worth?" And I said, "I don't know, but I know exactly the person to ask." Doug, can you send this to your dad? <laughs> and I did. And, and, and Bob was right back with us on a, "Hey, yeah. these are common figures. You know, could go for this." And just great help. Bob's always been great to support and be a guest on the podcast, along with. Uh, other past guests we've had, including Craig. Can I Craig. tell a Bob story real quick? Absolutely. So my favorite Bob has story. So Doug and I invented this road trip <laughs> oh game God, yes. for travels. On our many travels, both to there and to and from St. Louis to work at Bob's gas station we, to we, pay for that first world. We trip. also drove a lot to a lot of tournaments in our first edition. Yeah. Like, it was every weekend we were driving somewhere. Yeah. But basically this game was F.U. Cow. You'd see a cow yell, F.U. Cow. Whoever side of the car was on It's a dumb. The point is it's a dumb game. game. It, it, game it just matter. passes the time. But we're playing with Bob. Who doesn't want to say the F-bomb? To cows for whatever reason. Because Bob is the most wholesome. So Bob takes his Wendy's cheeseburger, waves it out the window, and yells, Mom was coming home to the cows. <laughs> oh my god, never heard this. Yeah, yeah, that was the most savage. We're coming home. He's, he's like, Mom was yeah. coming home. I believe we gave him two points for it. Yeah. So yes. Oh my god. Yeah. It was, the most savage. It was brutal. As a side game, FU Cows is played when you see a group of cows in an enclosed area, you say, FU cows and you, you score one point. Yeah. Ricky. On the way up. Also to clarify, it is whoever's side of the car it is gets the point. Now so, who noticed it? Yeah, so <laughs> the way this came about is I was driving and smells in the passenger seat. And, As it always was yeah, at this time. So. And I saw a field of cows to the left and for whatever reason I said F you cow. <laughs> and then like ten minutes later uh, Smittle saw some on my side of the road and went, F you cow, and I went, no, I get that point. It was on my side. And he said, okay. Oh, yeah. And that was the birth of the game. Oh, <laughs> birth of the game. So I won most of our games of F you cow. Well, I was driving. <laughs> 2018 Worlds, we are driving up there. Uh, these two drove up together. Uh, you guys went with Bob. Mm-hmm. With Brian. 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 And uh, I'm driving up with Ricky, and Ricky has introduced me to the game of F you cows. Which we had talked to Ricky at another time. But he had not heard all the rules correctly. Or he ignored them. <laughs> and we were playing by counting in Individual yes, cows. Just, like, we're in Des Moines. It's like 318 to 170. Like, we're in Minneapolis and we scored 40 to 20. <laughs> How did you fuck? He really comes back and goes, What route did you take? <laughs> 
drive through. Matt is driving. Ricky is in the past. No wonder Ricky's winning by double by 150 points. He's counting individual cows while Newt is driving. If you had as many, they would have crashed. Exactly. It was ridiculous. Uh, but we do want to thank our other guests that we've had in the past on this podcast. Uh, Mark Myers, Greg, who came to join us. Uh, Matt Carey. As well as everybody... Uh, Emily and Clint and Dan from the Midwest Scrubcast, uh, who are the reason we started this. Uh, because as soon as St. Louis put a podcast together, we said, oh, this indignity shall not stand. I think they had a podcast for like a year they before that. Yeah. Yeah. have been talking about starting a podcast for years, and we're as, both lazy. As friends do, you talk about starting a podcast. <laughs> and, then, and then your friends come along and do all the work. And then, <laughs> and then we, we started working yeah. with Newt yeah. and talking about it at breaks at work, and yeah. it's like, all right, I'll do this. And yeah. I'm like, okay. Also, quick interruption uh thank matt newt for running Literally everything about this podcast all, except for the social media yeah, which he is does. mostly greg but was done briefly <laughs> hey i still post the podcast on facebook he's just all of the recording all of the editing he makes sure all the show notes are ready every week you really you do everything for it indeed uh, this podcast would not exist without you thank you uh but it's not just me greg handles our instagram uh if you haven't followed us on instagram go do so yeah I do no work for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, I'm when we when we need when we need math done here, that's right. I do do a lot of the, the math. Yeah, uh, we want to shout out some of the local X-wing groups uh, that get together locally. Here are Mocan Moisture Farmers, as you can Moist. see the uh, shirts we do here, logo by our own Jim Hobbs. I own uh, one, but they didn't tell me to wear it. That's true. <laughs> I live here. So. Uh, we want Sorry. to thank the uh, the St. Louis Arch Alliance, who has always been great at organizing events and just Thanks a, for being in my hometown. A great group of folks. Uh, out to the west of us, the Manhattan Marauders, who put on uh, great cool events. And, yeah, I know. Maybe we got a cool logo. That's almost yeah. like the. Hey, I love the Tucson Raiders. I've never been uh, to Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. But the, the Tucson Raiders. That's such yeah. a great Tucson Raiders. Oh, shout out the Tucson yeah. Raiders for that. But the Manhattan Marauders is a really good That name. is a really cool name. Yeah. Yeah. We better than a bunch of moisture farmers. That's hey, true. Man, John Reinig <laughs> might have come with this no, name. I, I came with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful story. I was wearing my moisture farmer yeah. shirt uh, when playing board games with none other than uh, Ryan Farmer of the Fly Better Pocket. He saw that and he immediately went, How do I get one? Oh, so does he, he want moisture farmer? Yeah, he needs to find one. Yeah, Dion has one. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll find a way to get Farmer, you a, a hit shirt. Us up. Farmer, hit yeah. us up. You we'll get you a shirt. Podcast, but if you do, hit us up. We'll get you a shirt. Indeed. Uh, I want to shout out our local stores that have supported us. I wore my moisture carrier shirt to a Royals game one time, and this old man was like, "Excuse me, young man, what is a moisture farmer?" I'm like, <laughs> "It's a Star Wars thing." He's like. Oh, <laughs> totally disappointed. He, I think he thought I was an actual yeah. farmer, and he was going to thank me for farming. I was like, "Nah, it's a Star Wars thing." I don't do anything. Nah, I'm just a nerd. Yeah. But our local stores: uh, Game Cafe in Independence, Missouri; The Geekery in Overland Park, Kansas; Level Geekery One in Kansas shopping. City, Missouri; uh, Tabletop in Overland Park as well; uh, Huskarl down in Topeka; The Village Geek in Manhattan. They are constantly putting on tournaments, hosting events. The Hollows in Columbia. The yeah. Hollows Gate in Columbia. That is hosted for two years the uh, Missouri Chlorian and hopefully one day shall again mm -hmm. um, uh, look really looking forward to that uh, again yeah all the stores up in Omaha that we go to the game, yeah, the game shoppies game shoppy uh, R.I.P. to Sparta where we played R.I.P. to Sparta yeah. Sparta was a great store Sparta was a great store yeah. uh, uh, Covenant in Covenant Tulsa, Tulsa although I don't they moved but I yeah, guess they're well, I've not been to a new location yet yeah and any other store we've ever been to I don't think I've ever been to a bad uh, store 
Indianapolis. Family time games. Family, Family time games. Indianapolis, Indianapolis yeah. uh, home of the Hangar 19 folks. Crossroads yeah. will be happening this year. Yeah, I've uh, heard February. February. Uh, okay, uh, but that would be I, that would be next year. Yeah, this, that's true. Will be next this twelve running twelve months. Sure. Year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're definitely our road trip up to that one again. Yeah. Go to Family Time. They're an amazing store. And there's a White Castle in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, white, there's no White Castles in Kansas City, and being a St. Louis boy, I need my White Castle. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I had White Castle for the first time at the Missouri Florida. And it's amazing. Yeah, it was good. White, white Castle. I mean, don't 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 load up on White Castle while no, you're in the middle of a road trip. I learned the hard way why they call them sliders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did that. All right, let's move on to the King. Yeah. I went to White Castle for five meals in a row. Oh my I had gosh. a grave case, and I just went lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner with the grave case. How did you not come out of this with scurvy? <laughs> As a child? Like, like, like a your parents allowed you to... They, they bought me the crate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have to be, if I didn't have to feed my children, that'd be great. Where's the White Castle? We're all Columbia. <laughs> we would love to shout out all of our listeners who have made this podcast what it so is. Send us a list of your names, and next time we'll just read all of them for the whole <laughs> podcast. Uh, the community, uh, we do want to thank you. Also, we have made it 50 episodes, but as of this week, uh, we broke 10,000 downloads on the Woo! podcast. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank you listening thank out you. there. From our That's listeners nonsense. across the globe. Uh, again, our one listener who is regularly downloading oh, from the Ukraine. Out we have lost our lights. Uh, okay. My but, back light. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's our cue, I guess. They're, they're shutting <laughs> off our power now, guys. Uh, to our listeners around the world, to our uh, seven listeners who show up as unknown. Uh, in location, so I, I, I think this from is the ISS. yeah, this is the crew of the International Space Station. Uh, <laughs> I think mean, they're astronauts. They probably like Star we've, Wars. We've tried to figure out rules for zero gravity X-wing at some point, so uh, we'll send you guys to playtest. Uh, for Tashi Station Radio, fifty episodes and counting. I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex, and I'm Greg. And we'll see you in two weeks. Greg. Two weeks. Greg. 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 I don't have anything better to chant. <laughs> hey everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Toshi Station Radio. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Toshi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast. On Twitter at Toshi Station XW. On Twitch at Toshi Station X-Wing. And on YouTube at Toshi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash ToshiStationXWing and toss us a few credits to help keep the huts off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.